So last week I was talking about one of the most underrated things is salvation. I mean, real salvation. Born again, born from above, adopted into the family of God, salvation. One of the most underrated things. It gets lumped into religion. It's not religion at all. I know the cliche. It's not religion, it's relationship. Yup, but it's true. It is true. It's all about my relationship with the living God. So last week I was like, that's so underrated what we have, this treasure of being born again, born from above. I like that because I was born from above, not just born again like I was, one, I was born once. It wasn't a real big deal. There's like 9 billion people on the planet. But when I was born from above, that's a big deal. Yeah. So it's, I think it's just underrated. So another thing I think is God's love. It's just underappreciated. How much God loves us. How much God not only loves us, but how much God loved Jesus. Sometimes we miss sight of that. And the more that we can understand and enjoy how much the Father loved the Son and how much the Son loves the Father, the, the, more, the bigger that is in our understanding, the more we understand our value to God. Because God took Jesus, the Son that he loved, the only begotten, and he put him on earth in a woman through the power of the Holy Spirit, and he lived a human life, died a horrible death for us. Easter's coming up. I'll break that down in detail. Died a horrible death for us, was dead completely three days, and then rose from the dead as proof all our sin was paid for. That Jesus is how much God loves us. Not how much we're praying. Ooh, wow, Pastor Mike is in church for an hour and a half. He must really be on God's good list. No, I'm on God's good list because Jesus if it's only because what I do, then that means every single day now I have to come in here and pray for at least an hour and a half just to stay on the good list. That's not how this works. That's the opposite of how this works. I, I want to come in and spend time with God because of what Jesus did. Because the value I have with God because of Jesus. So uh, as we think about God singing over us, one of the things, probably the main reason that God is so delighted in us is because we believe in Jesus Christ. We are living our lives as a big old billboard saying, Jesus is awesome and I love him and he died for me and I'm living for him. God sees our lives. He sees us doing that. He's like, yeah, they get it. The cost that I had to pay, they're appreciating that. It means something to them. He starts singing over us. Wow. You know how... Another verse that really emphasizes how sometimes we can underappreciate how much God loves us and his goodness. The, the title today is God's goodness, the goodness of God. Is Romans 2.4. You don't have to turn now. I'll just read it to you. Romans 2.4 is definitely one of my favorite verses. <laughs> uh, when, as a new believer, I read this, and it was just like, yeah, that's what happened to me. This is what the verse says. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Because when I got saved, it, it wasn't like, oh, I'm such a horrible sinner, and if I die, I'm going to go to hell, and I need to repent, and I need to try to... Honestly, I, I didn't have that. I knew I was a sinner. Don't get me wrong. I was alcoholic atheist. I lived in guilt over my head for a couple of decades. So I knew I was a sinner. I knew what I deserved. But what changed everything for me is when I heard the gospel and out of God's great love for me, he made a way for me to actually have a relationship with him. Part of an atheist thinking is I'm so bad 
And I've done so much horrible stuff that even if I totally flip it over now and I, I do everything perfect, it, it won't pay for what I've already done. I've been too bad for too long to have any hope. That's why most atheists are so angry. So for me to go, okay, there really is a God, then I have to just really own all that hopelessness because he's going to judge me and I don't have a prayer. Yes, you do. <laughs> but God sent Jesus. God's goodness. Listen to this list. Don't, or do you despise, which literally means, or are you looking down on the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering? Do you know the riches? That's not stacks of money or stacks of gold and silver sitting there. That's stagnant. This word, when the, in the Greek, the word that's used for this, the riches, is flowing. It's flowing riches. Don't you know that what God is spending, are you looking down on this ongoing riches that God's spending on you of his goodness and his forbearance and his long-suffering? Don't you get it that it's God's goodness that, that changes your life? Yeah. One of the commentaries I read said the, the picture would be God's goodness comes to us, grabs us by the hand, and changes the direction of our life and leads us into godliness. Leads us into repentance. Repentance, the truest thing about repentance is I was going this way, now I'm going that way. I'm, I'm turning around. So I'm living with myself, I'm doing all this stupid stuff, and God's goodness comes, grabs me by the hand, and leads me into godliness. Whew. Man. Mm. I could just stop and start worshiping. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord, for great joy. Man, great joy. So back to Zephaniah 3.17. So I want to put this in perspective. I'm just going to read uh, from 14 to 17, four verses, just so there's a perspective of here what God's saying when he's up there uh, singing over us. So verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He's cast out your enemy. The king of Israel, the Lord, is, on your, is in your midst. Wow. You shall see disaster no more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Don't fear. Zion, let your hands not be weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Wow. So when you look at some of these, I'm just going to briefly try to expand in a couple of these words, and then I'll start trying to draw this to a close, see what the Lord does. Um, so, O daughter of Jerusalem is actually an affectionate term for the city of Jerusalem. And we are... Much like Jerusalem now, the church is like the, the modern-day Israel in many of the conditions. So it's a tender, it's a tender uh, label for us from God that is just speaking tenderness and family over us. When he says, O daughter of Jerusalem, he says, be glad and rejoice. That literally means to be joyful and exuberant. Now that changes things a little bit. Because I, I can come in here and I can stand still during worship and, and I can tell you that I was glad and I was rejoicing I, in my heart. But if, if I'm over here acting joyful and exuberant, you're going to know it. You can't hide exuberant. There's no way you can hide exuberant. Oh, and then it, it goes on to say, with all your heart. 
with, with all your heart, wholeheartedly. So that must be like some of those knuckleheads at the sporting events, especially like Green Bay fans. I, I pick on Green Bay. <laughs> it's not a dome stadium. It's in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And so if it's November, December, January, baby, it's cold outside, right? And these cats will go in there, and they got their shirts off, and they got all the green and yellow paint on them and all that stuff, got the cheese head top on. Oh, they're going crazy. You better believe they're exorbitant, <laughs> exuberant. You better believe that they're joyful. If a touchdown, if, if Green Bay show, does a touchdown, they're not just going, that's cool. These guys are freaks, man. They're crazy. They're in love with their football team. How about us? How much more so us who are in love with Jesus Christ? Here we are, these billboards. We're exuberant for you, Lord. I know I messed that word up again, but you guys know what's in my heart. I'm just on fire for God. I love God so much. He says, O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away your judgments. Jesus fulfilled the law and paid for all our sins. All the judgments are gone. Hey, precious daughter, all the judgments are gone. You can just enjoy God. You can enjoy his presence. Wow. He's cast out our enemy. God has cast out our enemy. You know who our enemy is? Death. Where's your sting now, O oh death? Right? That's what the Bible says. Our greatest fear in life of anybody, I don't care if you're a Christian, not a Christian, you're rich, you're poor, the greatest fear you'll ever encounter in your whole life is the fear of dying which Christ took away when we became Christians. Man, oh man, oh man. This is, man, oh man. He cast out your enemy. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. Of course we're going to see healings. Of course we're going to get filled with joy. Of course our lives are going to change. The Lord is in our midst. How could we not change with him here? That would be the greater question. How could we not change with the Lord being in our midst? I love how he says, and you'll see disaster no more. Whew, thank you, Lord. Do not fear and let your hands be weak. Literally, literally means don't just stand there worrying and just letting your hands hang down. Do you know, uh, one of the things that Chris was sharing with us yesterday, he says, I hate the word surrender. I like the word yield better. Because when I came to Jesus Christ, I surrendered all already. I don't have anything left to surrender. But I do have my life that I can yield. Wow. Willing cooperation for God's purpose. I'm yielding to you. It's like, and we come into worship, and we're just standing here worshiping the living God, and we're just going to stand there and let our hands hang down. And then if, if my body's not involved, probably my brain's not going to be involved either. So if, if my hands are just hanging there, I'm not really singing. Probably I've already begun to worry about something. Something that did happen or something that might happen. We can't read the future. Worrying in the future is just it's a waste of time and energy. So the, the Bible literally encouraged us. Say, come on in now. Don't let your hands just hang limp. Bring them bad boys up. Do you know praising God is the exact same as complete surrender in any army on the planet? I don't care what language you're yelling at me for. If you're pointing a gun at me and you're yelling, I'm going to do this. I surrender. How about when we come in here and we're worshiping God? We have a cross up here. We've got words up here. But you can easily close your, your eyes and just picture the loving God singing over you. Lord, here's one exclamation point. Here's another exclamation point. For everything I'm singing, 
Two exclamation points. Just, I just want you to know it's my whole heart, Lord. Wow. Mm. Do not fear. Don't let your hands be weak. Don't just stand there worrying. Just letting your hands hang down. Be all in. That's what this, the writer's saying. Um, Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. <sighs> wow. Uh, as I get ready to close, I'm going to tell one more story. The story is uh, maybe about 30 years old now, but it's definitely one of my uh, greatest treasured memories in my whole life, probably will be, no matter how long I live. But way back in the day, I was an uh, apprentice in Tool and Die. This would, I started 89. This story's probably from about 91 or 92. And uh, I worked with Chris Shire, who was already saved. And then me and Jeanette got saved. And so me and Chris happened to work for a dye maker in that shop. He got the biggest job, so he had two dye makers working for him all the time. And so what that meant was a huge blessing from God for me. So all day long, at least 10 hours every day, I'm working next to Chris, who's about two or three years in the Lord now, and he's just pouring in, pouring in, pouring in. That night I go home, I get my Bible, read this thing down. Next day we talk about it. Lunchtime we're praying. After work we're doing, going out evangelizing, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, on Friday mornings, we had this great idea. Now, this, this was a big dye shop. It was one of the biggest ones back in the day. So there was probably between first and second shift, about 130 people there. I think first shift had about 100. And uh, uh, we went to the owner, and we asked him if we could use the break room for a, a Bible study on Friday morning. And he was like, I mean, he, I used to party with this dude before I got saved. Uh, <laughs> this guy had to drink a problem as big as mine. Tells you a lot. So Gary's like, you, you what, what, what? We said, well, we just want to use it for probably about an hour or less on Friday mornings. He's like, fine, nobody else will be here anyway. So he gave us a key so we could let ourselves in. Second shift got out at like 4.30 or something, 4 o'clock. So we would get there on Friday mornings. Now, remember, we're working 10-hour days. So by Friday, man, you're tired. I was tired in my 30s. So we go in there, we go into the break room, turn on a couple of lights, and th this is like 91 or 92. You could still smoke everywhere. You could still smoke on planes. You could smoke in a hospital. So you're definitely smoking in every break room on the planet. And so we go into this break room, which I don't think anybody ever cleaned. It was really grubby. Tables were grubby. Usually we go in there, you have to clean off the tables, throw trash away, throw leftovers away, just, just so you could kind of dare to put your arms on the table. <laughs> Um, the smell smelled just like a bar because people smoke there at both breaks and at lunchtime. So you go in there, you're tired, it's cold, it's getting towards the end of the week. Place stinks. The windows, there was windows going, pointing out to the shop. They were tented from the smoke. So I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture how grubby this room was. <laughs> and so we go in there. We had like a little boom box. And there was me and Chris. Me and Chris are always there. We worked there, so it was a little easier for us. So we go there about 4.30. The rest of the guys would come in at 5 a.m. on Friday. Those are guys that could then get to work. They'd leave at about quarter to six and get to their jobs on time. And so there would be me and Chris and then a couple of, Dave Tobias was always usually there, and then a couple of other guys. Um, those are some of the most powerful times I've ever experienced in the Lord. 
Because we, we were young, we wanted to hear God, we want to know we were hearing God. So we're always asking God, speak to me. God, give me a verse. Give, give me a word. Give me a word for Dave today. Give me a word for Chris today. That's just how we did. So we'd show up and, man, we're bang, 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 bang. You know, we'd pull out our prophetic words and it's like, well, what word did you get? Well, I got this. <gasps> really? That's what I got from this verse. <gasps> really? Me too. Sometimes three or four of us have the exact same verse, one verse. And that's how we learn to hear God and sense God and feel his presence. On one day, th this is the story. One day we came in there, we get the boombox going and we're worshiping. And I mean, the Holy Spirit just fell. And I opened my eyes and the room was cloudy. And so I, I closed my eyes again, blinked them. It was still cloudy. It was foggy in that room. I looked around, I'm looking. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I kept worshiping, finished it up, we got done, and Chris said, did you see that? I said, yeah, the fog, I saw it. Dave's like, yeah, I saw it. All of us had seen the fog on that day, the presence of God, so thick, we saw a, a foggy room, a cloudy room, the presence of the Lord. I'll always remember that my whole life. So when stuff like this that's happening here now, I think something's going on. I think something's going on, and it's available to all of us. If God will show up in a grubby dye shop at 20 after 5 on a Friday for four or five guys, why won't he show up now? Or as my wife likes to say, why not? Why not us here right now? If, if God will give me my own personal time with him on a Tuesday morning, which is probably the same time you guys were praying from about 9.30 to 11, something like that, why not show up with you guys in your car or at your workstation at work or at your home in a room, your bedroom? Why not? I'm hoping to get us hungry for more God's goodness. That, that, that's what this is all about today. So remembering his flowing riches, they're not stagnant. It's not a stack of coins sitting somewhere. Everybody goes, ooh, he's got a big collection. It's It's cash. It's money, it's treasure flowing into our lives. It's God's goodness flowing into our lives. And the ultimate effect of the cross is that our enemy has been defeated. We're never going to die. And we have open heavens with God that we can enjoy his presence anytime we want. Man, hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close just by praying for us. But I just want you guys, um, position yourself in a way that you're expecting to get something from God. And if, if that's sitting down, I'm all for it. If that's standing up, I'm all for it. If you want to come up here, lay down, kneel, I, it's up to you. Just do whatever you got to do so that you know that you know that you want something from God. Whatever that is. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your goodness, your forbearance, your patience, your grace, your mercy. Father, I thank you so much for your overwhelming love to all of us. Lord, I know for sure I'm not, I'm not any more special or any more worthy than everybody else in this room. We all sit at your table in the exact same position. Lord God, I've... I've experienced your goodness in so many different ways in so many different countries over so many different years. I just want to say thank you because I know that I've never earned 
what you freely give to me. So it's in the faith of Jesus Christ, the one and only son, who died a horrible death and was risen from the grave into a victorious life, is through faith in your son that I now ask for a fresh outpouring in this place. God, would you please fall on us now? Holy Spirit, we welcome you into every room in us. Every little secret place, every secret nook, uh, rooms that are so discouraging, we keep it locked. Rooms that might depress us, we keep it locked. Uh, junk in a trunk that's stuffed away, uh, we open that all up to you. Would you bring healing and freedom now? Lord, you've heard me say it thousands of times, but I pray for a breakage in this place, a deliverance from every addiction, every offense, and every affirmity. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for your sons and daughters. Um, I talked about the term, O Jerusalem, but Lord, what do you think about the body of Christ? That's what you call us. Uh, we're brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, your son. And Lord, I just pray right now that you would just fall on us. whisper in a microphone. <clears throat> well, Heavenly Father, I'm, I'm just going to be done for the day and I'm just going to let you do whatever you want. Obviously, you can. And I'm, I'm overjoyed to see you fulfill your will in this place today. In Jesus' name.